Joining me on the Friday Film Club this week is Ian Pennell. He works for the NHS. Uh, we met through our voluntary work in hospital radio, so he's an all-round great guy. Uh, he had some interesting choices, a couple of controversial ones in there, so it's really great to chat. I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, as always, you can follow us on social media at the Fry Film Club or leave us a nice review and rating wherever you're listening. So, Ian, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the Friday Film Club. It's good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Um, so, before we get started and dive in with the questions, uh, tell our listeners a bit about yourself. Uh, so, my name is Ian, and I'm not an alcoholic. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm really not. I'm teetotal. There's a fun fact for you. I work in the NHS. My job title is quite long, and it probably will make no sense to anybody listening, but I'm a healthcare scientist associate in cardiac physiology. So that's kind of my job title. And I specialise in cardiac rhythm management. In essence, if you know, if you have one or you know somebody that's got a loop recorder, a pacemaker, an ICD or any kind of device for the heart that stays in their chest for, you know, anywhere from three years to 14 years, I work in the department that looks after that. In particular, remote monitoring. So a lot of these devices can be monitored without you having to come into hospital. I manage the day-to-day -day running of that service for our department. And essentially, you know, when you have problems with your Skybox yeah. and uh, you want to get the movie subscription on and it's not working. Uh, my phone is a hotline for technical queries relating to remote monitoring and all those problems <laughs> that patients have. More often than not, it is really a case of just turn it off, turn it on again. And I know that's like an <laughs> IT joke, but that really is sometimes the fix. But it's, it's, it's the, I, I just, it's more than that. I run audits on the service. I am training to look at the traces. So these devices send full downloads every so often with what's been happening to patients' hearts. So I'm um, going through the training process to look through those on a certain set of devices. So yeah, very NHS-y if that's a word, NHSE. <laughs> uh, so over the last 18 months or so, have you even had time to watch films or, or enjoy films or do anything really but work? I think the last film I saw, the last film I saw in the cinema was Rocket Man. Right. By Alton uh, John. Other than that, it's literally been reruns of Alpha Papa on, uh, on BBC Two um, <laughs> and the odd film on Netflix. Um, and my other half watches Bridesmaids quite a lot and Channel 4 seems to be playing that or did play that a lot recently. So we've been watching some of that. Um, so I, th there's been some breaks, but more often than not, it's literally been going to work, coming home, cooking dinner, going to bed and doing other bits and pieces for, you know, for charity and everything. And then of course, when you self-isolate, because I've had to self-isolate a few times, both with COVID and just because I've been a contact or my other half's been a contact, I've been working from home. So by the time I finish sitting at this desk where I am now, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I haven't really watched much in the way of films over the last uh, kind of 18 months, but Rocket Man definitely was the one I watched last in the cinema. So we're definitely going to have a very heavy kind of pre 2020 conversation right now yeah yeah <laughs> put it put it bluntly yes <laughs> yeah yeah um so but obviously we we know each other uh, through hospital radio because we we both volunteer for the hospital broadcasting association so anyone listening we might as well give a good plug to hospital radio out there tune into your local station uh give generously if you can 
because uh, they do a great service and we help support those volunteers. But you also present a show on Saturday nights, don't you? Yes, yeah, so um, Hospital Ideal Inn in Kings Lynn at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. I host uh, party anthems. Saturday nights, nine till midnight, we play fresh hits and classic anthems. Definitely listening. It's a good show. Yeah, I, I have sneakily uh, tuned in a couple of times. Um, Are you? I've, during, during like ad breaks of stuff that like uh, Beth's making me watch, um, I might sort of have a little listen, see what song's playing. Because um, I like a bit of a cheesy anthem every now and then. And have I fulfilled your cheesy anthem in the three-minute ad break? Absolutely. And more. Do you know what? I'm going to give you a mention on Saturday. Let me just write this down. Liam uh, mention. There you go. Amazing. I might forget, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have to listen to the entire three-hour show. I'm not going to tell you when you meant it's going to be. I might yeah. be nice and do it in the first link, or I might be really horrible and do it at 11.55. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, I look forward to that. Three Thank hours of party <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, obviously, as well, uh, you had you had COVID, didn't you? Uh, was it earlier this year or last year? So, yeah, I, I had COVID and it was horrible. It was really horrible, as I'm sure anybody that, that's had COVID knows. And this was before yeah. vaccines. In fact, this, no, this wasn't before a vaccine. I got COVID a few days after my first vaccine. Uh, but it was unrelated to the vaccine. Yeah, and just, um, and just, I was... just a disclaimer there, uh, for any, any vaccine sceptics out there, the vaccine does not give you COVID. It just makes oh, you much lower risk of getting it, right? Exactly. And do you know what? You can probably still get, you can still get COVID with the vaccine. But the whole vaccine, thing, I don't want to turn this into the vaccine film, play, <laughs> but, the whole, <laughs> but the whole thing about the vaccine is it just lessens your symptoms. You know, mm. it, it means you're not going, you're potentially not going into hospital. Um, so I had my vaccine and then a few days later got COVID, not from the vaccine. And I was kind of short of breath, lethargic, tired, clammy. I was working from home because um, I felt like I should anyway. And um, uh, working on Wednesday morning and I'm, I thought I need to, need to do a lateral flow. So I did a lateral flow. Uh, yeah, got the old uh, two lines there. It's a boy. Um, it's COVID. Um, and then I booked myself a PCR test. Luckily, there was a slot available about an hour from the time I booked. So I walked up there to do it, came back, uh, laid on the bed. And I was going to, I was really, really tempted, you know, really tempted and had the urge just to go and continue working. But I had to call the coordinator at work and be like, listen, I ain't doing this. I'm, I'm having I'm having the day off and that day just turned into about a week or two really horrible um but through it now I think I've got I think I've still got some of the symptoms of long COVID though not officially diagnosed still lethargic sometimes don't have the energy or drive to do things occasionally and you might listen to this and think oh that's just because you're lazy or because you're tired or because you're overworking it is because I used to have the driving determination to do lots of things as Liam will tell you at HBA I used to you know have the driving determination to do I don't know graphics and stuff now when I get a brief in I'm like yeah I'll do it later <laughs> so <laughs> you know but but I'm here I'm you know and I'm here and I'm grateful um and I just can't imagine what it's like for my colleagues in the NHS working on those COVID wards. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's unimaginable. You know, everybody, and in fact, everybody that works in the NHS, whether you're an administrator, a cleaner, the receptionist, anyone at any band, whatever you do, hats off to you. Because in some way you have been affected by coronavirus, either directly or indirectly. And I clapped for you. 
uh, well, when it was like clap for carers. I live in a flat at the minute, so we couldn't really clap outside the front door because it wasn't going to work. So we clapped out the window and one of our neighbours just heard up going, what are you doing? It's, <laughs> it's eight o'clock. You're not going to clap, he shut his window. Clearly not. I'm clearly not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of um, COVID, COVID life right now. But I had my second dose. Uh, feeling good. Feeling good. Good, good. Well, glad that you're kind of back on the men's uh, feeling better. Uh, and uh, let's talk movies, shall we? Let's do it. What do you want to know? So let's let's dive straight in. Uh, what is your favourite film of all time? I've got two. Can I have two? You can. If I say if I say the two, you can pick for me. Um, and I'm thinking back to the most recent one that I saw in the cinema, Rocket Man. That was actually very good. Um, there was a bit in Rocket Man where I thought. This is just Alton John being really egotistical, making a movie about himself. And I, I, uttered, I uttered to my other half, Sharon, in the cinema, I said, Alton John's not even dead yet. Why are we watching this? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, when, as the film continued, actually a really good film. And I loved how they interspersed the musical elements with it as well, you know. And, you know, I, I just think the Kiki D bit, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, they could have made that a bit longer. Just a touch mm. longer. All the other songs were, you know, of, of a nice length. Alton John, Kiki D, you know, I'm saying that word to you now. You're, you know, probably thinking about it in your head. And once this podcast is finished, you're going to go and search for it on your music streaming service. It'll get stuck in your head. Um, so love that film. And I think because of the radio geek in me, Alpha Papa, Alan Partridge. <laughs> cool. um, Great choice. How Steve Coogan has taken the character of Alan Partridge from TV to the big screen. And it was at a time where the radio industry itself was going through some major changes. So I don't want to give away any spoilers if you haven't seen Alpha Papa yet, but come on, get with the times. It, it was released a few years ago. But I don't know, when, when, when was it released, do you know? I, I, think I, can, I think I can have a guess here because, right, confession, I've not seen Alpha Papa. And there's, there's a reason why, because there was a lot of hype about it when I was doing my master's. And I was in Norwich at the time. And obviously Norwich is all about Alan Partridge. So when I, I think the movie was either released in 2012 or like early 2013. And it was one of those things where everyone was going on about it so much. And, and there was so much promotional activity in and around Norwich City Centre. I just kind of dug my heels in and thought, no, I'm not watching that. Um, I'll watch it on my own time. And uh, never have. <laughs> So you don't you don't give in to the media. <laughs> no, I, I just I that stubborn side of me just just refused to watch it because because the promotion was everywhere. So yeah, not seen it. I'm afraid. I mean, what are you like at Christmas when the supermarkets are churning out those Christmas? No, I will not buy a Christmas turkey at this month. I will buy it in my own time. <laughs> this is this is the thing. I, I there's a resentment, but sometimes I have to cave. But uh, uh, do you know what, though? Out of the two choices, two great choices, but I'm going to give it to Alpha Papa, even though I've not seen it, on the basis that, coincidentally, a week or two back, we had uh, Ben Sorensen on the show, and he said Rocketman as well. So currently, Rocketman is by far the strong consensus of favourite film of all time. But for the sake of variety, I'm going to give the edge to Alpha Papa. Perfect. And can I just say, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. You can watch it. You need to watch it. Watch it this weekend. Mm. And then we'll report back in a charity meeting that we have. But I'm going <laughs> to put it to the agenda. I'm going to put it on the agenda for any other business. Um, 
Alpha Pap, a great film. And like I was saying, you know, the way Steve Coogan has evolved the character from being on the TV to the big screen and then subsequently in over the last couple of years back on the TV with that show on BBC One called This Time. Just a great character that can kind of do a bit of everything, you know, and I think he knows he's trying too hard. Uh, Alan Partridge, this is not Steve Coogan. Um, I think Alan Partridge knows he's trying too hard to, to please everybody when he doesn't need to. Um, yeah. But Alpha Papa specifically is about uh, a radio station where um, Alan Partridge works on uh, that's been taken over by a great big media company. So the station is North Norfolk Digital, we all know. Then it's uh, this big conglomerate, the big corporate wants to take it over and call it Shape with the tagline, the way you want it to be. When this film was released, the UK radio industry was going through something very similar. So you may have had a local radio station. So ours was Fox FM. Years ago, Fox FM turned into Heart. And who owned Heart? Global. Mm. Now there's a Heart across the UK. And all your local historical stations were taken over by Global and Bauer, depending on the station. And Alan Partridge, I think, and Alpha Papa in particular, brings the concept of what was happening in the real world to the big screen so that everyday people can understand it. Because if you don't work in the industry, you're not likely to get it. So where me and other people in the radio industry were watching it going, hey, that's just like how how Global and Bauer are taking out these local stations. <laughs> I imagine Doris and uh, Steve sat in the road behind me were like, oh, do you remember we had a station called Fox FM and it turned into Heart? It's like that, isn't it? <laughs> you know, so it's, it, and I think in that sense, whether it was intentional or not, it was, it was great to have that kind of added knowledge on my part that, hey, this is actually what's going on in the real world. Minus the <laughs> shotgun. I don't think anybody was shocked when Global or Bauer took over, <laughs> took over these, these stations, or at least I hope. I not. mean, there was, there was a lot of disgruntled local radio workers. So who knows what sort of news they brushed under the carpet when, when all that kicked off. Could have been, <laughs> could have been a shotgun or two involved. But, uh, just find a shotgun in the back of the heart studio. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Fixton's ready. <laughs> Disclaimer, Jamie Kingston yeah. isn't ready. <laughs> yeah, Alpha Papa, great film. And you know what I agree with though, because it's it's one of those I I love watching stuff like Alan Partridge. Um and actually something that's just sprung to mind. Do you remember there was years and years ago, I think I think I'm talking like fifteen years ago, there was, I believe it was like a comedy drama called Wreck or Record or something. And it was it was them trying to do like a cool comedy about people working in radio and it just bombed because I think at heart everyone thinks of local radio and thinks of Alan Partridge there's no there's no way to kind of glamorize that you know yeah definitely I I vaguely remember something um on ITV and and I can't remember what it was and and in that sense it mustn't have been very good because (laughs) when you say radio I mean you probably listen to the radio I mean it doesn't matter what station and you probably go, oh, it's about Alan Partridge, this presenter, isn't he? What's he just said, you know? So it doesn't matter if you've watched the film or if you don't even know who he is, you know, there's a bit of Alan Partridge in everybody. Is that the right phrase? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know those you know those videos on Facebook that you see of, like, teens using a Windows 95 computer? <laughs> yeah. I wonder, if you showed them a picture of Alan Partridge, who's this? I'd, I'd love to know what they say. <laughs> yeah, it's a good experiment. So, moving away drastically from most favourite film, uh, what is your least favourite film? Unpopular opinion, Harry Potter and anything Marvel. So Harry Potter we've, we've had before, actually, as well. So maybe not as unpopular as what we all thought, but 
Marvel. I'm very interested to know why you think that. It's just, it really just isn't my bag. Um, you know, the whole Marvel series, I, you know, it really, it's just not my bag. It's not my cup of tea. I've, I've tried to sit and watch a bit of it. Nah, I'm just not getting it. So is it, is it Marvel or is it, is it superhero films? Oh, let's let's be general then. Superhero films in general, yeah. Because <laughs> I would have been um, I would have been very surprised if you were like, no, 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 to Marvel, and then you were like, like Batman versus Superman, absolutely cracking film. <laughs> I, mean, just, I don't I mean, think anyone a, said that. That that was a brilliant film. But did you see Batman versus <laughs> Superman? Fantastic, the way he saved that crook. Uh, no, I, do you know it's it is it is just all superhero films. I and I think that's partly the way I was brought up. So I wasn't, uh, and I, I don't know how relevant this is. And just a disclaimer here for you, Liam, in the edit. Remind me about this bit, and I'll tell you if you can include it or not. So I think it's about the way I've grown up because I I didn't have my dad around, so I had my mum around, and you know any films we watched. I don't I don't recall watching any superhero films or um, you know any comic book style films back in the day you know I did what I have seen Batman and Spider-Man just for clarification I have seen those uh, they're very good the originals were very good but you know so I think because I'm not grown up with that kind of superhero mentality maybe like other people have I've just I'm just I just don't dig it you know it's, it's not in it's not in my psyche to like it I, you see it advertised on the tv all the time um you're like yeah I could bypass that it's not it's not my genre but fair play if it's your genre. I mean, work colleagues um, love that kind of stuff at work. And they will talk weeks about the Marvel series. And, and I'll try and chip in and, and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so Alpha Papa. <laughs> so, um, so it's just, it's just not my genre. Not my genre. Fair enough. And I feel, like, I feel like Marvel especially are doing a lot to try and sort of diversify the style of films within kind of the superhero genre. So... You've got like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a bit, bit more comedic, uh, a lot more, a lot more sci-fi and spacey than some of the other ones. Um, and then you've got things like Black Panther, which is a lot more dramatic. Um, but at, at, at the, the crux of it always, they're still all superhero films, right? So I guess you're either going to love them or you're not. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think there, if there's one that I like in a few years' time, then great, I've been cracked. But, you know, <laughs> right right now it's not my bag. My, my kind of go-to films are comedy dramas, comedies, dramas, so all those three genres, and occasionally, just occasionally, if I'm with my other half, a rom-com. Mm. Oh, I think a rom -com. Ev everyone loves a rom-com. I, I, I challenge anyone to say that there is not a single rom-com that they can't sit through. Like... What's your What's yours? Mine is um, so. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bit of a of a controversial one here. So there's this really not very well known rom com with Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek called Fools Rush In, and okay. it was it was back in the late nineties when Matthew Perry was kind of at height, kind of Friends fame, and he was doing a few rom coms, trying to do some movies. One of them being Fools Rush In. I I absolutely acknowledge that it is a terrible film from start to finish, but I really like it. So that's that's my guilty pleasure. That's my rom-com of choice. My rom-com of choice, Marley and Me. Would you, would you call that's that a, a rom-com? It's a sad film, but I guess it's a rom-com. It is a rom-com. Because there's, I mean, not. it's going to sound weird, but there's romance with the dog. 
in a sense that not not not, <laughs> not, 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 not like yeah, come here, we're in for a good time, Dom. Um, but but more so that that relationship that the characters have with Marley and the way that you see him be a pup and grow up. And you're right, it's a sad film, but you know it's it's a tearjerker, not for me, for my behalf. I mean, we, we can't watch it. Well, I mean, I, we could watch it, but she'll just cry. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Love Actually is always the one that comes out at Christmas as well. It's it's become a bit of a Christmas Eve tradition for uh, my wife and I to sit down, watch Love Actually, wrap some presents. That's nice. quite nice. Yeah. That is a nice Christmas tradition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of become our thing. So I, I, I quite like that. Our Christmas tradition is Elf. Yeah. I, I would love to watch Elf every year, but my wife can't stand Will Ferrell. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Your wife can't stand Will Ferrell. We we got seven seasons into the US office and she almost binned it off completely because Will Ferrell turned up for a couple of episodes. Wow. I know. His best his best scene Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home too. No, again, trying my hardest to get her to watch those films uh, because I really enjoy them. But no, she just can't stand him. They Daddy's <laughs> Home and Daddy's Home too are great films. Yeah, and one of them, one of them was actually shown um, uh, on one, one of the Sky Movies channels, I think, uh, August last year, and it was, and I think it's a Christmas film because at the end they like celebrate Christmas, which really <laughs> threw me a bit. Um, but but it, but I think Will Ferrell is such a good actor. Yeah, he his his he just diversifies so much in terms of comedy acting, and he hits the nail on the head in everything that he does. Yep, and your wife doesn't no. like him. I think I've got to pick my battles carefully because the thing is, um, so, so Beth is, is, is quite into horror. I'm, I'm the one who, who kind of pushes her towards rom-coms. She, she gets me into horror. So really like a challenging kind of gender stereotypes here, but uh, that's how it is in our house. And so I, I've had to really pick and choose the actors I, I inflict on Beth. Tom Hanks was the first one. When we first started dating, she wasn't a big fan of Tom Hanks. And I think she just saw a couple of like, maybe of his worst performances. But there was a year when you had like Captain Phillips, you had Saving Mr. Banks, and then you had something else come out. So I forced her to go to the cinema and watch him. And I converted her. And I've been working on Will Ferrell ever since, which has been about seven years now. And uh, still no luck. You know what we need? Will Ferrell in a horror. Oh, can you imagine? Do you know, the closest we've gotten is Kevin James. He was in a horror a year or two back. And he played like the bad guy, some crazy guy. I don't know. But there was definitely like a comedy feel to it as well because it was Kevin James. So I do wonder if Will Ferrell was in a horror, if it would just turn into like some terrible like parody, you know. But the trick is not to tell your wife that Will Ferrell is in this horror. You just go, yes. oh, this is great in your horror film at the cinema. What is that? Why, 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 is the, why is the one of the cast being screwed out? Oh, uh, that's just the cinema. Um, they just taped it over because they spat his name <laughs> wrong. You don't, don't don't Google the actual poster. You don't need to know who's in it. Be- bearing in mind, thinking of, Daddy, thinking of Daddy's Home too. there are two main characters, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Very quickly, what's Beth's views and what's your views on Mark Wahlberg? Um, we're both fans, yeah. I like Wahlberg when he does funny stuff. I think he's he's a very funny guy. Um, and I think he's kind of, he started his career doing a lot of, of like the action and the drama which has served him really well in his later career when he's done a lot of comedy basically making fun of early Wahlberg and the stuff that he used to do and what he's known for uh, and in Daddy's too particularly sorry Daddy's Home uh, particularly that's what he played right he played he played a guy who should be in a Wahlberg movie yeah 
do you know, I, I think he's much better as a comedy actor yeah. than he is. He's, he's more relatable. Like, look, look at his work in Ted and Ted 2. Yeah. You know, it just proceeds. And by the way, Ted, for my favourite film as well, Alan Partridge and, and the Ted series. There we go. <laughs> the Ted series is great. I love the Ted I love series. Ted. I might watch it after this. I might watch it after this. Yeah, Ted 2 was a little bit disappointing, but 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 Ted was great. And Ted 2 was still good. It just it just didn't quite live up to the first. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those sequels that you're like, yeah, it's great, but you could have done without it. You could have just left it on a high. We've really gone on a tangent. Let's uh let's go back to the next question. Uh so which film or TV character would you most relate to? It's a tough one. Alan Partridge for the radio stuff. <laughs> yep. Coogan listens to this. Um and then when I did a radio show with a colleague. Um, we used to host a kids show for many years and then we hosted a breakfast show on this radio station and we used to go to PAs and do events outside. At one of the events outside, somebody came up to us and said, do you like Anton Deck? So I would consider myself one half of Anton Deck. I'll let you decide which half, but I think one half of Anton Deck. Interesting. Um, I'm now trying to decide whether you're Anton Deck. Um, I am quite tall, so, you know. That's it, like, physically, definitely more of, a, of an ant, but... I feel I think my like, personality is more deck. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go with that. I think you're definitely your 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 deck hiding in an ant. <laughs> I think is the best way to describe it. Come on, Ant, out you come. <laughs> <laughs> I, and 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 I and I think I think that lady that made the assumption that you know me and my radio colleague were like ant deck was very true because in that in we we don't work together anymore but in that duo that we worked for for about seven years, we did have good banter, just like Ant and Deck have good banter. And then of course, Ant and Deck split up for that year, if you remember, mm. where Ant had that terrible car crash um, and was found to be drunk at the wheel, but he's fine now. And then Deck was hosting um, Saturday Night Takeaway on his own. And I think, you know, I, re I remember watching that. And I, I know it's not strictly a film, but, but hear me out. I remember watching that and thinking, here's a duo that have worked together since childhood. How difficult must it be for Declan Donnelly to stand on that stage on his own. Mm. Yet he's there making jokes. He's having a laugh. He is literally persevering through. And, you know, when, for me personally, when times have got tough or when times are tough, I like to make a joke about him. Mm. So based on that alone, I, I do kind of see some personality traits there. Hi, Deck, if you're listening. You better be listening, just like Steve Coogan. I hope they're having a celebrity <laughs> get-together for this podcast, just, just to see if their names are mentioned, like gathering around the radio in the 70s. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to say Anton Deck. I do think for that year, it must have been very breezy on his right-hand side. Yeah, and I mean, I think there were times, actually, when if, if you ever watched the clips back on YouTube where he looks to that side, mm. realises there's actually nobody there, and then looks back at the camera. But then even the cameramen... And I don't know if it's, this was just a trick and they were just playing along, but even the cameramen sometimes, you know, had too much of a wider shot than they did a, a tight shot. But yeah. fair play to Ant. And, and there was one song that resonated in the last end of the show show that they did for that series when uh, I think the Rembrandts were on singing Friends Live at Disney in Florida. Mm. And you could see that that meant a lot to Ant. And, and actually that might not have been the end of the show show they wanted, obviously. But um, that, that's what it was at the time. And it fitted really nicely. And then, of course, Holly Willoughby joined, joined him for I'm a Celebrity. Now, I really don't have any Holly Willoughby traits, uh, Liam, as you can see. <laughs> um, I am not beautiful and I am very much bold. Yeah, I mean, you definitely um, definitely got a few inches less on the hair front. But, um, but yeah, otherwise, I think there's, 
no, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to flatter you. There's, there's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing, no, no. There's nothing. No. Um, but Anand Deck is still a good one. Which brings us on to your biopic. So uh, what genre would your biopic be and who would you cast? Comedy drama, because my life is a comedy and a drama. Sometimes at the same time, sometimes at different times. Um, but not but not always all the time. My other half would want me to say, cast me as Ollie Murs, uh, because that's her favourite uh, singer-songwriter. And I would very much, um, or she would very much like Ollie Murs, as she keeps telling me. Um, but I can't bring him in, I told her. You know, he's literally a very busy man. Um, and I can't morph into him, unfortunately. In terms of films, though, and who I would get to play my biopic, I think that, do you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say? I'm going to say Will Ferrell and um, Mark Wahlberg. Both of them? Yeah, oh, it we, depends on the setting. Which would be, so would they both potentially be different versions of you? Or would, would Will Ferrell be you? Or would Mark Wahlberg be you? I'll be honest. Thinking back to what Will Ferrell's been in, I'm going to say Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell would choice. be me. Because the guy knows how to have a laugh. I think I like to know how to have a laugh. And sometimes he can't read serious situations properly. Now, I can read serious, but I need to read serious situations in my job, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking all the time. But there are times when I probably misjudge the situation and make a joke where it's not wanted. But it does get a laugh from a few people in the room, just not the person that you know, is going through whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, Will Ferrell. I think it's a good choice. And personally, I would love to see a film starring Will Ferrell as an uh, NHS worker by day, um, budding radio presenter by night. What about, what about this for a film? You're right, Will, Will Ferrell being the NHS uh, worker by day. Mark Wahlberg is his patient. Right, hear me out. Yeah. Ted gets a pacemaker. <laughs> oh, come on. <We're>, like... <laughs> have, you, have we just invented the uh, three call for Ted? Who, let, let's let's email Seth um, at Fylan right now. Dear Seth, yeah. gonna, dear Seth uh, I have a film <laughs> idea for you. P.S. I can supply the pacemakers. They have been in previous patients. Just let me know what size. P.P.S. They are disinfected and COVID-free. P.P.P.S. Of course, I can't supply them. Excellent. Perfect. There's there's our film right there. Probably not so much a biopic anymore, but a great film nonetheless. There we go. See? Yeah. Lap it up, Ted. And Seth and whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, so, uh, what is your most nostalgic film? This is a tough one, but there's one film that when when you've asked me now, and um, I've been asked this previously, that always springs to mind, and it's Holes. And I don't know if you've seen it, it's Disney's Holes. It was released, I think, oh God, I don't know when it was released, actually, decades ago, uh, yeah. in the early 2000s. And it's nostalgic for me because it reminds me of watching it at school. That's literally the only reason why it's nostalgic, because... It brings back those school memories. And I remember sitting with my friends in the classroom wearing uh, the uh, burgundy uniform that we used to wear. And literally the teacher would come in. And I forget what lesson it was. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if it was, you know, when you're at school and you had like that fun week at the end yeah. where you just play games. I think it was that week. And we were just in a lesson. And the teacher goes, right, we're going to watch telly. We're going to watch a film. And it was, the, I mean, I'm showing my age. It was one of those days where you'd wheel in the TV and yeah. uh, put the DVD or the videotape in. And yeah, just Disney's holes. And they, they were all wearing those orange prison suits. There's one song that I remember the lyrics to, or a few lyrics to, it's digging up some holes. 
digging up some holes, and that's all I can remember from it. But that's my nostalgic film, and it's not available. It might be on Disney Plus. I don't know. I don't have that subscription, but um, it it could well be on Disney Plus. Actually, um, is Holes the one with Shia LaBeouf? Yes. Ah, uh, do you know what? I think I have many, many years ago seen it. So it was released in two thousand and three. In fact, it was released on the 24th of October 2003, just a few days before my birthday. Oh. Uh, the featured song was Dig It. So I think that's the digging up some holes. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, Shia LaBeouf was in it. I think that was one of his earliest films, if I remember right. So one of his earliest claims to fame. And speaking of Shia LaBeouf, I think it was him that decided to do a live YouTube stream a few years ago in a lift in the centre of Oxford. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, I watched it a little bit. It was riveting. Yeah, he, he's riveting. done it. He went. He went very off the rails, didn't he? Did you Did you also see the 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 video? It was like a music video. It was just basically this whole kind of musical montage um, in tribute to Shia LaBeouf, uh, creating this fictional story about how he's this maniac serial killer in the woods. And they had these like interpretive dancers. They had a gospel choir. It was a very bizarre like three minutes of a video but a very entertaining watch. I'll put it in the show notes for anyone to, to watch because I do not do it justice when I try and explain it because there's no real way to explain it. You just have to watch and, and experience it. I, I clicked that in the show notes. I watch yeah. I've not seen it, so I, don't, I definitely watch it. Um, but yeah, so Holes is definitely my um, thing. In the, and I remember this, vividly, yeah. the poster. Something with uh, John Voigt. Uh, so actually, the, on the movie poster for Holes, Shia Booth wasn't even a top name. Um, it was, uh, I think... Oh, I can't read it, it's pixelated. Um, uh, so Sigourney Weaver, John Voigt, yeah. uh, and Patricia Arquette. Those were, the, those were the three top names on the movie poster. That's a big cast. For 2003, um, that was a pretty big cast. Yeah, I mean, it also featured Tim Blake Nelson and Shia LaBeouf, obviously, but those two yeah. didn't make it into the uh, poster cut. And I guess that says something about... That, that certainly, to me, indicates that it was the early career, potentially, for those two that missed the... Uh, the, the, the footing on there but look at what they've done since i mean yeah. i'll be honest i don't know what uh, tim nelson's done since but um <laughs> other, other film people will <laughs> and some fun facts that i'm just seeing here about this film Go on. the runtime was the runtime was 117 minutes and i think in 2003 as a kid that would have been a long time that is a long film yeah me. um the budget was 20 million dollars us dollars but in the box office it made 71.4 million us dollars that's that's a pretty good return high-grossing film just for digging up some holes yeah who'd have thought it get your orange jacket on Liam again dig some holes now <laughs> yeah, I'll get my smartphone we got this <laughs> digging up some holes <laughs> <laughs> oh. so uh finally then uh what is your guilty pleasure the terminal very good choice it's a film that if I were to say to somebody in the street have you seen the terminal they say, you know, we're near the airport. Um, or at least in my current location, they will. Um, when I move, they'll say it's just around the corner. It's just such, again, it's a well-produced film with, with such a heartwarming story that potentially, given the current crisis around the world, is still relevant to this day. You know, yeah. there's a man who has flown from a country when he gets to, uh, I think it's New York, when he gets to the airport in New York, he can't leave because his country doesn't exist. His country isn't recognised. Mm. And whilst I don't want to draw, whilst it's a hundred percent not the same as what's going on in Afghanistan, for example, 
there are some there are some similarities there where you've got a lot of people leaving a country not able to go back it's still it's still relevant i think to this day and it's probably one of the only films that is mm. still relevant but yeah just just having the bloke live in the airport and then find love and there's comedy bits in it as well just just a great guilty pleasure and have you have you seen it i yes and i love the terminal what i i, I love everything that you've just said about it i think that it's it's a really well produced polished rom-com and exactly what i would expect a rom-com to be if Steven Spielberg directed it and it delivered on all fronts. Tom Hanks is reliable as ever and I think Catherine Zeta-Jones was perfectly cast and you're right, I think actually what what you have is not just a rom-com but you have an immigration narrative, don't you? You have a guy who's having to find a way to adjust and create a home in a strange place where no one wants him it was a really clever way to tell that story without it being too hard hitting because you couldn't you couldn't have that kind of narrative outside of an airport and make it really light and rom-commy because it would it would feel too real i think putting the narrative in the in the airport in the way that they did and also stanley tucci in the amazing supporting performance that he puts in i think just really I think it makes that storyline a lot more accessible to a lot more people. I like it. I like the film. I could I could rant on about the terminal all day, but I I, I really love it. It's a great choice. Uh, and you're right. You know, people don't want him there, and it is it is an immigration film. And if you think about, you know, and you may say that it's just set in an airport in America, but look at who he interacts with in that airport. You know, look at the ages and the the genders and, and kind of how they interact with him. You know, it's showing that everybody interacts with him in, in a different way. I think the and I forget the name of the lady, uh, you'll remember, the, the lady that um, stamps his ticket all the time. Uh, uh, so she's really, that's it. She, she's really nice and polite and friendly. Uh, mm. The guy in the office of the glasses in the immigration office isn't, doesn't like him, you know, wants, wants him out. And, mm. and you know, it, it's still, it, it's a film that still reflects society today, wherever you are in the world, you know, it, it can be, you know, there are still people that don't respect but look at how how tom hanks's character just perseveres and perseveres and perseveres mm. he he and, and the struggle that he has you know having to eat out of the bin um at the airport yeah. but then he finds that he finds a knack doesn't he he um he notices that if you put um collect all the trolleys up and then put them in the thing and you get all the coins back then he's going to pay for food and i think there's yeah. a there's a clip in the film where it because you know, he pays for one burger then he collects more trolleys he gets a burger and chips more trolleys burger chips drink it's it's him as an immigrant working in the country he wants to live in to, sh to show hey you know not my farm stuck here but i want to be part of your society i want to work here i'm yeah. doing it just let me do it let me out of those doors and the ending as well when he can go really nice really good film really relevant really relevant for today underrated i think actually yes and my guilty pleasure yes and definitely one of the most underrated uh, rom-coms uh, but yeah some some really good choices there um i, I loved going through them and uh, it's been it's been great having you on the podcast ian thank you for having me on. it's been lovely great to catch up yeah and uh, before i let you go where can people find you if they want to connect uh so i'm on twitter which is at ian Pennell. I'm on Instagram, at Ian Pinnell. There's a theme going here. I'm on uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> which is at Ian Pinnell. And I have a website where you can find out more about my NHS work, my work in radio, and uh, anything else. And I'll even link 
this podcast on my website as well, if you'll allow me, uh, at ianpinnell.co.uk. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks, Liam. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also, uh, do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.